Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today we're going to be talking about suitcase nuclear bombs. As you know, I have, well, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. And I have seven, that's right, seven people that have been shown one way or another that suitcase nukes will hit America. And I believe that there's a high probability what is going on with America and Iran right now could be the patsy. While I do not think that Iran has the finger on the trigger, I do not think that they have control over them. I do think that they are becoming the patsy. As uh, we've discussed in other broadcasts, it is the international bankers that are placing them, arrange them, and will put their finger on the trigger. So we're going to be talking about suitcase nukes specifically today. So I did some research finally on how this whole thing all started. So I pulled this from Wikipedia. This is the summary. Then we'll get into the details. So I just Googled suitcase nuclear device, went to Wikipedia. You can go there. You can find the same thing I'm reading today. It says, former Russian National Security Advisor Alexander Lebed in an interview with CBS News magazine, 60 Minutes on 7 September 1997, claimed that the Russian military had lost track of more than a hundred out of the 250 suitcase-sized nuclear bombs they had manufactured. Lost? <laughs> Lost? Are we really supposed to believe that? Lost? No. Taken by the international bankers is the truth, in my opinion. So let's go on with what the article says. A suitcase nuclear device, also suitcase nuke, suitcase bomb, backpack nuke, mini nuke, pocket nuke, is a tactical nuclear weapon that is portable enough that it can be used from a suitcase as a delivery method. Both the United States and the Soviet Union developed nuclear weapons small enough to be portable in specially designed backpacks during the 1950s and 60s. The maximum yield of the W-54 warhead used by the Special Atomic Demolition Munition, pictured, in which I'll explain the picture, it looks kind of like if you were to place a barrel on someone's back that is about probably 18 inches uh, across by about uh, 24 inches tall. In other words, this, try to imagine a barrel, and that is strapped to someone's back. That's about the size of it. Anyway, it goes on to say, it is one kiloton of TNT equivalent. All right, well, now, I'm doing this part from memory. This is me saying this. As I recall, the bigger of the bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki was four kiloton. Okay, so this is a one kiloton. In other words, it's much smaller. Let's go on. This is actually larger and heavier than the U.S. W-48 nuclear shell at 6.1 inches by 33 inches. Long, weighing about 118 pounds, which represents the smallest complete self-contained physics package to be fielded and had a yield of 72 tons of TNT. Nuclear weapons designed by Ted Taylor has alleged that four and a half inch diameter shell with a mass of 19 kilotons is theoretically possible. Conversely, reduction beyond the size of W-54 means that linear implosion and explosive yield is reduced dramatically. Kerry Sublett stated that neither the United States nor the Soviet Union had ever made public the existence or development of weapons small enough to fit into normal-sized suitcase or briefcases. The W-48, however, does fit the criteria small and easily disguised and portable, but 
It is explosive yield was extremely small for a nuclear weapon. In the mid-1970s, debate shifted from the possibility of developing such a device for the military to concerns over its possible use in terrorism. The value of the portable nuclear weapons lies in their ability to be smuggled across borders, transported by means widely available, and placed as close to the target as possible. In nuclear weapon design, there is a trade-off in small weapons designs between weight and compact size. Extremely small, such as 5 inches by 24 inches, which is a little bit larger than the large part of a baseball bat, which would fit into a suitcase. The lightest of those are nearly 95 pounds and had a maximum yield of only 0.19 kiloton only. <laughs> All right, well, let, let me just take a second. In other studies, other interviews I've done, what we're talking about is a one kiloton device typically, sometimes two, but typically one kiloton device. What does that do? That sends about a 10-block circular area in a downtown area to up 10,000 degrees. And then, of course, you have the telephone pole with the mushroom on top. In other words, because it's so hot, it sends up this superheated air and the debris and all of the radiated debris into the air. So there's three things that damage from a suitcase nuke or any nuke. One is the heat. The two is the blast, the 200-mile-an-hour wind going out. And the third is the radiation. Effectively, a suitcase nuke in downtown Dallas would kill the city. wouldn't kill everyone in it, but with all the nuclear exposure, everybody would pretty much have to leave the city. If they didn't leave the city, nobody would have anything to do with Dallas again anyway. So it is a city killer one way or another, in my opinion. The SWIFT nuclear device tested in Operation Red Wings Yuma test on May 27, 1956, had the largest yield of a compact implosion device, and it was under two kilotons. Stanislav Lunev, the highest-ranking GRU defector, claimed that such Russian-made devices, now this is the guy that we had come and speak at Prophecy Club, claimed that such Russian-made devices exist and described them in more detail. And you can get that DVD at prophecyclub.com, or you can watch it instantly at watchprophecyclub.com. The devices, quote, identified as RA-115s, weigh from 50 to 65 pounds. They can last for many years if wired to an electric source. And in case there is a loss of power, there's a battery to back up. If the battery runs low, the weapon has a transmitter that sends a code message either by satellite or directly to the GRU post at a Russian embassy or consulate, according to Lunev. The number of missing nuclear devices, as found by General Abed, is almost identical to the number of strategic targets upon which those bombs would be used. Lunev stated that suitcase nukes, might already be deployed by the GRU operatives on U.S. soil to assassinate U.S. leaders in the event of war. He alleged that armed caches were hidden by the KGB in many countries. They were, quote, booby-trapped with, quote, lightning explosive devices. One such cache, identified by Basil Metrokin, exploded when Swiss authorities sprayed with high-pressure water gun in a wooded area near Bern. Several other caches were removed successfully. Lunev said that he had personally looked for hiding places for weapons caches in the Shenandoah Valley and that it is surprisingly easy to smuggle nuclear weapons into the United States, either by across the Mexican border or simply using a small transport missile that can be slipped undetected when launched from a Russian airplane. 
U.S. Congressman Kurt Weldon supported claims by Lunev, but noted that Lunev had, quote, exaggerated things, according to the FBI. Searches in the areas identified by Lunev have been conducted, but law enforcement officials said they never found such weapons caches with or without portable nuclear weapons. But again, in our case, we have seven prophetic words or people of position that are all saying, yes, the suitcase nukes do exist and they are on U.S. soil. Let's go on. Former Russian National Security Advisor Alexander Lebed, in an interview with CBS News Magazine, 60 Minutes on 7 September 1997, claimed that the Russian military had lost track of more than 100 out of the 250 suitcase-sized nuclear bombs. Lebed stated that these devices were made to look like suitcases and that he learned of their existence only a few years earlier. Russia's Federal Agency on Atomic Energy on 10 September rejected Lebed's claims as baseless. U.S. Congressman Kurt Weldon revived the question in 1999, displaying a notion model of what a Russian suitcase nuke might look like in a hearing 26 October and lambasting the Clinton administration for not aggressively questioning the Russian government about the existence and location of hidden KGB weapons caches in the United States. The lightest nuclear weapon ever acknowledged to have been manufactured by the United States is the W-54, which was used in both the Davy Crockett 120mm recoilless rifle-launched warhead and the backpack-carried weapon called the MK-54 Special Atomic Demolition Munition. The, and, of course, the, this has a picture of it, and it looks kind of like, I would say it's about twice the size of a baseball bat, and it has this little stand it sets on, and apparently you push a button, and it launches this small nuclear weapon at whatever the enemy is. Let's go on. The Bear Warhead package was 11 inches by 16 inches, small enough to fit into a footlocker-sized container cylinder that weighed 51 pounds. Former Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence Michael G. Vickers has claimed that he, along with other Green Berets, Special Forces troops, practiced infiltrating Warsaw Pact countries with backpack-sized nuclear weapons with a mission to, quote, detonate a portable nuclear bomb. All right, now let's go to what I've been saying. November 1998, Stanislaw Lunev, the highest-ranking Russian military officer ever to defect from Russia, made a Prophecy Club DVD called Russian Defector Warns America. Again, you can get it at prophecyclub.com or watch instantly at watchprophecyclub.com. You ought to go watch the video. In this video, he stated that he knew of that from 20 to 50 of the 100 lost-by-Russia suitcase nuclear bombs had actually been smuggled in the United States. He claimed that he was part of the team sent to America to find the place to hide them. Then, May 5th, 2003, Michael Boldea had a dream, and I'm going to summarize that dream. He said it had been six years since my grandfather, Dimitri Dudeman, had gone to be with the Lord. That night after the prayer, I went to bed, and I dreamt I was on a very high ridge at a great valley spanning out beneath me. I was stunned to see my grandfather, Dimitri, standing beside me. He looked young and vibrant, his hands in his pockets and a smile on his face. Interesting times ahead, my boy. Interesting times ahead, he said. Now I'm skipping some. He says, I was sent to show you something. Look and see. He said, pointing to the valley below, as I looked, I saw the outline of a map of America. Then the outlines of states begin taking shape. As I continue to watch this map solidify, small lights begin to flicker on and off in some of the states. 
I recognize California, Illinois, Michigan, Arizona, Washington State, Florida, and New York among the states that lit up. The light was rhythmic, almost like a homing beacon, constant in its progression. I continued to watch the lights going on and off, waiting for something else to happen, but nothing did. Finally, I said, I don't understand. What does this mean? Dimitri said, these are the places where those who were sent here long ago to bring fear and cause chaos have situated themselves. They lie in wait, planning and plotting destruction. They are as coiled serpents, looking forward to the hour when they will be loosed upon this nation. If God's children pray, once more he will delay the season of sorrow that is yet to come. Now let's pause a second. I don't have all the information in front of me, but I believe that that's already happened. I believe that this whole thing with Syria and the Syrian uh, gas that was released apparently and all of that whole story, we were suspecting that that could be the patsy. See, the international bankers can't just set these all off for nothing. Have to have someone that the American people will blame it on other than them. And that's where Syria in those days came in handy. But now it seems to have turned to Iran. Ask yourself this. If say, 35 suitcase nukes were to all go off in one day all across America, who would America blame it on? They don't even need the news to tell them who did it. As a matter of fact, if the news tried to tell them somebody else did it, they wouldn't believe it. Right now, everybody in America would point their finger at Iran. And that's exactly what the international bankers want. That's what they need. They don't want the finger pointed at them, but they, the international bankers, the Khazarian mafia, the deep state, whatever you want to call them, evil Evil, evil, evil in high places. Evil we can't even understand. They are the ones that have planted them and have the finger on the trigger. Let's go on. We stood on the ridge in silence for a long time. After a while, the lights stopped flickering in the valley below, and the map began to fade away. Suddenly, my grandfather turned his head toward the east and began to sniff the air as he used to, saying, Storm's coming, my boy, and it's a bad one. Now, give an old man a hug and let me be on my way. Be vigilant and work while you still can. It's all God asks of any of his servants. If the Father wills it, I will speak again. Now let's go to October 15, 2004. That was 2003. This is Michael Boldea again. This dream is called The Eagle and the Serpents, and this is my summarized version. I dreamt I was walking through a sparsely wooded forest, and suddenly my attention was drawn to an eagle flying high above, and it was slowly descending toward the earth. The eagle landed in the clearing and began to look around, and a man dressed in white clasped his hands in front of me, appeared beside me, and said, Be patient. In due time, you will see the purpose. Suddenly, it seemed out of nowhere, a brown snake lunged at the eagle and bit down on its left wing. The snake's bite was quick and precise. The eagle reacted without delay, clawing and pecking at the snake, cutting deep wounds in its underbelly, trying to defend it off and ward off the serpent. Just as it seemed the eagle was winning the battle, and the serpent was retreating, another serpent appeared, with red and black diagonal stripes, covering his body, and without hesitation struck down on the eagle's right wing, biting down and refusing to release. Now, what's the red and black striped snake? Did a little research. There's 188 flags on the planet, but only nine of them in the Middle East. And I looked up the ones that have black and red in them. 
and those nations are Syria, Iraq, Jordan, Afghanistan, Palestine, Egypt, Kuwait, Sudan, and the United Arab Emirates. None of them is Iran. Okay, so then, Stan, why are you suspecting it's Iran? Because the current trouble started with Iran proxies launching a weapon, killing an American in Syria, and Syria is one of them that has a red and black flag. We could still say the trouble began in Syria. Now back to the dream. After a momentary tug of war, the serpent tore off flesh and feathers, leaving a large wound on the eagle's right wing. The second bite was much worse than the first. And for an instant, the eagle was stunned. Then a serpent, much larger than the previous two, made up of many colors, meaning many nations, slithered toward the eagle, opened its jaws, and lunged, taking the whole of the eagle's head in its mouth before biting down. The serpents retreated, and the man who had been standing beside me walked to the eagle, knelt down, picked it up, and cupped it in his hand. With a pained voice said, The true tragedy is that at any moment it could have sought the safety of the above. It could have soared toward the heavens and would have found its protection. This has been revealed to you that you may know that the first bite has been, meaning 9-11. The second is yet to come, and the third will be this nation's destruction. He also said, one thing I feel I need to share with you is that the second snake bite seemed to come from an unexpected place. Would you say 35 suitcase nukes going off all across America the same day? Would you say that that is an unexpected place? I would. January 9th, 2005. I asked the Lord to show me the next 9-11 that night, and I'm going to summarize the dream. I was shown a dream that there's going to be a series of suitcase nuclear bombs that were very technical, sophisticated, and would cause suitcase nuclear explosions all across America. They were placed and controlled by the international bankers, I was told, and would detonate these sophisticated bombs in several cities with one, here it is, hitting a regional bank, destroying the records and their backups. This destruction of records of thousands of banks would put billions of dollars into the international bankers' hands while throwing the U.S. economy into a freefall. Then in 2005, former Congressman Kurt Weldon, vice chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, uncovered a plot to set explosions in 10 cities. He could not get the authorities to act, so he published it in a book, which I have. It's entitled Countdown to Terror. The 10 cities were Valdez, Alaska, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, New York City, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Chicago, Miami, and Houston. Then February 2013, we had Doug Metzger come in and make a DVD for Prophecy Club called Will You Survive America's Fall? And he explained that he had had a vision of suitcase nukes hitting the following cities. Los Angeles, New York, Las Vegas, Washington, D.C., Chicago, San Francisco, Houston, Seattle, Orlando, Dallas, Atlanta, and then remember, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. That's six. Here's the seventh one. From Prophet Augusto Perez, I was watching TV when all of a sudden I started to see the television screen turn very into very large explosions taking place in major cities all across the United States. They appeared to be very large, as in like suitcase nuclear explosions. Now remember, Iran has on several occasions stated that if either the U.S. or Israel attacks Tehran, nuclear detonations will be taking place on American soil. 
Notice they didn't say anything about missiles. Now, I do not think that Iran made these suitcase nukes, nor do I think that they placed them, nor do I think that they had their finger on the trigger. I was told in the dream that it's international bankers, as in the deep state, as in the Khazaria mafia. Okay, so why would the international bankers want to set off a bunch of suitcase nukes all across America? Why would the international bankers, so these are the guys that are in control of our finances, these are the guys that are about to be put out of business, these are the guys that, uh, there's some 142,000 sealed indictments out there, got to do something with them. Do you suppose that that's the reason Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff are coming after Trump so hard to try to get him impeached to try to stop it? And if they were to actually start these arrests, do you suppose that that might be the very anger, the very thing, the very cause that the international banker is going to say, okay, you arrest us, here's what we're going to do to you. And by the way, there's other prophecies, not just suitcase nukes, but also terrible kinds of diseases and plagues and things like that to be released. So these are bad guys. These are people in very high places with lots and lots of money, lots and lots of control, and they want their world government. And right now, Trump is the primary thing standing between them and their goals to have a world government and their buddy, the Antichrist, the beast, sitting on the throne saying he is God. Trump is the primary wall, i.e. America, standing between them and their world government. So if you don't think this is true, you don't understand Bible prophecy. You don't understand that these things have been assigned to America and they are coming to pass. Now, we believe that we have already delayed it at least once through the prayers of our church, our radio audience, and also our Fast Track team, which is another reason you might want to seriously consider becoming part of the Fast Track team. Here's how you do that. You go to prophecyclub.com, you sign up, and uh, every Tuesday evening I send out an email from me directly through me. I mean, no one edits anything, and you'll see sometimes I make mistakes on it, but I send it out to my Fast Track team. Last time I checked, is about 1,425 people. And I'm asking them to fast Tuesday evening from midnight till Wednesday, 4 p.m. And you can still drink juice and coffee and stuff like that, but we ask you not to have any solid meals. And pray a two-minute prayer. It takes about two minutes to pray through the prayer. I never send any uh, offers, product offers. I never ask for any donations from my fast track team. It is not about money. It is about fasting and prayer, and that's all it is about. You can quit anytime you want to, and that's my promise. You get signed up at prophecyclub.com if you'd like to be a part of the solution. If you want to help us put a stop to this, rather than biting your fingernails, then consider joining the Fast Track team. Another thing I would consider you do is get the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades. Get to that website. Read all about it. Because, as I've said many times, I've called, uh, I've been called to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. If you're listening to this broadcast on at least an occasional basis, then you're listening to it because you are called. You're called to be a prophecy teacher, called to be able to give an answer to those people that haven't taken the time to research about Bible prophecy, and all of a sudden will find themselves in a world of trouble. They're going to find themselves in the last days underinformed, ill-prepared, and they're going to need people like you to explain to them what to do to be saved and what to do to understand all about is what is going on in the world, because the 6 o'clock news is not going to be talking about Bible prophecy. 
That's the reason God is raising up you. Now, this Sevenfold Miracle Conference is about training you to do that. We're going to put you through Leslie's School of the Prophets. She is going to anoint you with her oil and pray that you would receive a prophetic anointing so that you can hear the voice of God more clearly. Second, I'm also going to teach more about Bible prophecy and anoint you with my revelation oil so that you will receive the revelation spirit that I received when I memorized the book of Revelation. There's going to be several very, very powerful things that we do, including we also have a deliverance session there, a couple of deliverance sessions. So all of this is preparation because we're building an army of end-time prophecy teachers working miracles. If you want to get off of the bench and into the game, then you'll get yourself to the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades. Each day that you wait, the price is going up. The registration fee, I believe it is up to January 15th, is $300, and then it jumps to $350, and I think it's like $400 at the door. And no, it's not easy to come, but if you're supposed to be there, here's what you do. Lord, if I'm supposed to be there, send me the money, arrange for me to get the days off, and I will go. In addition to that, we're also asking a three-day consecutive fast of everyone coming. In other words, this is not a fluff meeting. This is a meeting for people that are serious. You want to walk in sevenfold miracles. You want to be able to teach Bible prophecy, win souls, build the kingdom of God in the day of trouble, which, hate to say, could even be starting this year. I'm not saying the tribulation's starting. I'm saying, look, you know, if, if Iran comes up with something more, you can rest assured Trump's going to hit them. And also, if Trump goes to this big roundup, you can rest assured the international bankers are going to push the button, suitcase nukes go off all across our, Amer- our nation, and all of a sudden, we are living in a very, very different world. Go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com, sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Also, get my two books, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy and Miss the Mark at prophecyclub.com. Secret door to understand Bible prophecy, one for 20, don't do that, five for 30, and 10 for 55. Miss the mark, one for 20, don't do that either. And that goes in lots of 10. They're sealed in banks of 10 books. 10 for 25, 20 for 40, 40 for 60 at prophecyclub.com. Miss the mark at prophecyclub.com. In my new book, Miss the Mark, I expose the nine deceptions the beast will use to deceive, if it were possible, even the very elect. Since Lucifer is only given three and a half years to rule the world, but given 6,000 years to prepare for it, is it possible he has set up a nine-point plan so well thought out, so cunning, will deceive all whose name is not written in the book of life? What would you do if you had to tell a person the most important thing in the world, but you knew they wouldn't believe you? What would you do? Would you tell them? I believe you would. But what is the most important thing in the world to tell a person? The answer is don't take the mark of the beast, because those taking the mark do not get soul death, but eternal torment in hell. But how do you tell them? Give them miss the mark. It is designed to be given to anyone, even if they've never heard of the Bible, Jesus, even if they're in another religion. It takes them from a blank page to making sure they will never take the mark. It's thin and easy to read. One for 20, but don't do that. Instead, we make them available in lots of 10. 10 for 25, 20 for 40, 40 for 60. That's 1 for 20, but don't do that. 10 for 25, 20 for 40, and 40 for 60 at prophecyclub.com. That's miss the mark, don't take the mark of the beast, prophecyclub.com. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation just as a simple project. 
Surprisingly, I began to receive information on 30 revelations and two visions beyond what is found in the Bible. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation and Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Topics are Jesus returns on what feast? The secret of the feasts. Who are the two witnesses? What is the morning star? The judgment seat explained. The great white throne explained. The nations explained. What is the shout? And the parables explained. Seals, trumpets, and vials go in what water? Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a book on prophecy that brings a fresh, new, accurate perspective. I don't want you to get one book for $20. I want you to get five books for $30 or 10 for $55. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Available at prophecyclub.com. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. One for 20. No, no, no. Don't do that. You want to get five for 30 or the best deal, 10 for 55 prophecyclub.com. Download our free app from the App Store.